Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Vaughn from the Vine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I'm excited that you are walking with me. What we do each day is we look at about three chapters of Scripture that I'm just organically reading through in my time with the Lord, and we're going to discuss them for around 20 minutes. You're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters individually, but hopefully together we'll be able to hear the voice of the Lord as we're meeting each day. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage is from Isaiah 43, 44, and 45. And um, these are some really rich uh, verses, just really rich chapters. So many promises here, so many promises that that they would have clung to um, as they were awaiting the Messiah, as they were going through difficult seasons of life, as they were, you know, experiencing great pain. And, and the words they were getting were not words that there was necessarily this immediate blessing just, you know, right here, you know, but that there was actually more more pain ahead. Yet, the pain would not break them, but that the pain would make them into the people that God wants them to be, and that he would use it all, and that the Messiah would come, and everything would be put under his feet, and everything would change. You know, and so, (coughs) that's so powerful, because, you know, it's like we were talking about yesterday, about those who wait on the Lord, you know, and how their strength is renewed. And, you know, there's a way in which in God's kingdom, how he, he uses waiting for our advantage. And I'm just like you, maybe even worse, uh, of far, as far as my patience with the Lord's timing. Because if the Lord gives me a word, I, I, I'm excited about what he's going to do. And I'll hold it tightly to my chest. And then I will anticipate that it is to be done expediently and it doesn't take waiting too long before i get impatient and discouraged because it hasn't taken place as quickly as i wanted it to and but we must remember that because the lord has said it it will come to pass but it will not come to pass one second before it's supposed to he says i the lord at the right time will make it happen and last time i checked His wisdom is still far greater than mine. His thoughts are greater than mine. And so if it hasn't happened yet, I must rest in the fact that it simply is not the right time. It might be the time that I want it to be, but it is not the time in which it needs to be. And so I keep clinging to the promise and I keep holding on to the promise. And so they were given these amazing promises in chapters 43 and 4 and 5. But these were promises that would not even be fulfilled in their lifetime. Isn't that amazing? Isn't I mean, we're just so we're so greedy because our promises, you know, we hold them tightly. And if they're not fulfilled in a week or two, a month, maybe even a year, oh my goodness! If we were to cling to a promise for a whole year, we would just be (laughs) wow. That's a very spiritually mature person, right? And uh, man, they would have died 
believing promises that they hadn't, that they hadn't seen. And then the, they, but they would have taught them to their children and their children would have believed these same promises. And it's just, it's just amazing. Um, just, just understanding that. And there's, see, because the thing of it is, is the promises get us through. The promises are, are not there to cause us to be impatient. They're actually to give us grace to be more patient, right? Like if I come to you and I say, I see all the work that you're doing and you're going to be rewarded for it. That shouldn't cause you, that promise, that prophetic promise, it shouldn't cause you to be more impatient and frustrated with your work. Like day after day, where's my reward? He said there would be a reward. No, it's, you know, I was already doing this anyway. And I wasn't expecting anything in return for it. But the word of the Lord has said that he sees me in my work and that I will be rewarded for the work that I'm doing. And that should actually make the work easier because in the Lord's good timing, he's going to reward me for all these things that he sees me doing. See, that's how a promise works. And even if I die and I'm still believing that promise, right? What happened was 60 years of work became easier because of the promise spoken to me. And then ultimately, of course, the promise will be fulfilled in glory, right? Because he, do, he does keep every promise, but he, he keeps every promise in his own way. You know, you may die when you may be on your deathbed and be looking back to the promises of your life. And you think, man, I worked 60 years hard and I never felt like I got my big break. The Lord said that he would reward me justly for all my hard work. And then... Normally, the only reason that you would live that long and truly not believe that the Lord's fulfilled his promise is because you were looking in the wrong place for him to do it. Okay, you were checking the mailbox every day for the big check to come in, and you didn't look around you at the children that you raised up that have the same work ethic as you do. How how much greater is it a reward that what that what was instilled in you was be able to be deposited into them and they would do all of their work as unto the Lord because they watched and they followed in the footsteps. That's a great, that's a much greater harvest than the million dollar check that we were waiting on. Right. I mean, that's what the promise was to Abraham. I'm going to, I'm going to make your descendants outnumber the stars. Right. And we do. We're the descendants of Abraham, and we do outnumber the stars. God fulfilled his promise, but the stars were, the people of Abraham were not yet outnumbering the stars by the time that Abraham passed. But he left behind great wealth. But what he experienced through his son, Isaac, right? And the promises that were fulfilled, it surpassed anything that God was going to do as far as wealth was concerned. So I just want to say that about promises today. God fulfills promises. He fulfills them in his own time and he fulfills them in his own way. And all he asks us to do is wait. Wait patiently on the Lord. Serve joyfully as you await, right? And then he will fulfill it. And if you feel as though you've been really persevering in a way for a while and you feel discouraged, because you've thought as though he hasn't kept good on his word. A lot of times you just need to look in another direction because he is fulfilling the word, but he had a better way of fulfilling it than what you were anticipating.
And so these were these promises that were spoken to them, and these promises are spoken over us as well today. Uh, In 43, that was a long intro to these chapters, but it also really covered a lot of what these three chapters are about, kind of uh, working ahead of myself. But in chapter 43, it says, But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You know, and so this uh, powerful promise kind of reminds me of Psalm 23. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, right? I love it because it's a win. When I walk through the valley, this is a win. When you pass through the waters, when you go through the rivers, when you walk through the fire, the flame will not consume you, right? See, there's, there's going to be moments when you pass through difficulties, There will be moments when you feel surrounded, right? And he's saying, when you're in those seasons and those moments, I will be with you so we can cling to that promise. He says, because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. I give men in return for you, people in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. And this, this, these passages continuously say over and over again, fear not, fear not, fear not. I thought at one point about creating a tally off to the side because it says it so many times just in these three chapters, fear not. And that, that's a powerful word to cling to because the flesh is naturally so fearful. And when we go through moments of uncertainty, right, we become fearful. Man, how am I ever going to get out of this situation? How is my marriage ever going to be restored? How is my family ever going to be the same again? How how are our finances ever going to be, you know, blessed? How are we, you know, we get into these moments of uncertainty and the word for the, for us in all of those moments is fear not. Fear not. I am still here. I haven't left. I'm not taking a nap. I am the God who created you. I formed you. My eyes never get off of you. I love you. I'm not ever going to leave you. Man, don't those words just do something to our souls when we just hear them? Just releases us. You know, I I get the opportunity to minister to people. And I love it when we're all praying and I feel the Lord swell up a word in me to speak specifically to a person. There's a there's a time where we're praying, you know, Lord bless this person. And, and I love those moments where we're praying, but it's even more special when I feel the Lord really just put a word on my lips to say to them. And almost always, it's just something that simple. It, it, almost always, it's something that just says, I love you. I haven't forgotten you. I haven't abandoned you. I chose you. I've forgiven you. You know, and and there's just something, and almost always, I can barely get those words out of my own lips before I'm, you know, already undone 
because there's such a there's such a heavy weight to those words of the Lord. You know, there's been a few times where I've gone to pray over someone and I've just felt it impressed upon me. This is my son and whom I am well pleased. You know, just just other times I've just put my hand on people and automatically I go, I just feel the smile of the father that says, well done, good and faithful servant. And that word is so rich to come from my lips. And and it and I it blesses them and it melts their heart and it melts mine too because it's it it I get to experience the same blessing of the word because I got to be a conduit for it. And um I'm just stating there's just something about our carnal nature that just needs these uh, affectionate words from the Father that says, Don't be afraid. Hey, remember, I made you. I'm your father. I created you. I, I see all. I see all this to my children. I see you to, to those right now today that have a husband. It isn't following me. The Lord says, "I see you, and I love you, and I haven't forgotten about you, and I haven't forgotten about him either." And I'm working in him. And each day, I'm divinely appointing messengers to meet with him. So you can fear not. Fear not, because I am working. I'm sending angels to minister to your husband. I feel that on my lips right now, just to minister to someone today. To the one who has a child. to the one who has a child who is sick. I just see 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 it in the in the womb. The child in the womb and just the hand of God intricately like a like a skilled surgeon he is fixing your child. Not that your child is necessarily still in the womb, but that it was the father who formed your child in the womb and he is restoring your child to perfection right now in the name of Jesus. Fear not. I'm your creator. I'm the one who made your child. I'm the one who can restore your child. I'm the one that made your husband. I'm the one that can restore your husband. I'm the one. I'm the one you took vows to on your wedding day. He may have checked out or she may have checked out. The Lord says, I have not checked out. I'm still right here. I'm still working. Fear not. That's powerful, isn't it? Fear not. Those words, they bless us. But these these words would bless Israel too. When they were going through the waters, when they were walking through the fire. Mm. Verse 7, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. He says we're created for his glory. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I was made for his glory. What does that mean? I was made so that he could specifically show the world. That he's good. 
Glory is the greatest degree of good. It's better than great. It's it's glory. He wants to show the world that he's better than the best thing they've ever encountered. And he chose to make you on April the 2nd, right, 1992, on, on March 1st, 1964, on November the 17th, you know, on, on, on August 15th, on June 6th, on July 22nd, you sprung forth. To show God's glory. There are people that are around you right now. Children that you instruct. Children that you're raising. Co-workers that you share an office space with. Even just electronically that you work alongside. To those people, you were made to show His glory. That's why you're here. That's why he formed you in utter seclusion and that you sprung forth on September 26th. You sprung forth to show God's glory to a people, to a city. That's why you live where you live. Isn't that amazing? Changes everything. Ch- pulls us totally out of our selfishness. Pulls us out of our desires for what can, for me, and, and to realize I wasn't made for me. God made me for Himself. It's amazing. Verse 10 You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. We are his witnesses. We've seen of his glory. We must tell of others of it. I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed. You are my witnesses. He goes through again. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Man, the Lord just set us up today with these chapters. It just, this is just prophecy hour, right? I, I'm, I mean, just wow. How many of us need that word today? Hey, listen. Put away the former things. Don't even consider the things of old. Would you? Would you be willing to do that today? Would you be willing to just let the Lord start something brand new and just pretend like this is day one all over again? Would you be willing to let loose of every grudge that you're that you're holding? Would you be willing to forgive everybody in your church for everything that they've ever said or done? Would you be willing to just let everybody off the hook in your family right now? So that the Lord could do a brand new thing? Don't even consider the things of old. Would you be willing to do that? Because I feel like the Lord wants to just do a new thing in so many people's lives. And the only thing that's holding them back is that is that we've got our minds, our mouths, and both hands latched to what has already passed. And there's nothing there's nothing that will 
let us go to what's new because we're so addicted to what is what has already taken place. And the Lord says, let loose. Don't even consider the things of old. Let's let's go do a new thing. Let's start a new journey. Hmm. He says, you're my chosen people. I haven't forgot you. I'll never forget you. Let me try to hit a couple of verses real quick. 44.2, thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb, and will help you. I will help you. I haven't forgotten you. I will help you. Verse 3, I'll pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Verse 6, I'm your redeemer. I'm the first. I'm the last. Verse 8, fear not, nor be afraid. Verse 21, O Israel, you will not be forgotten by me. I've blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like a mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Verse 24, I am the Lord who made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens. 45 verse 2, I will go before you and level the exalted places. I'm going before you. I'm already at where you don't even know that you're going there. I've already been there. And there was stuff there that would have swallowed you whole. And I already leveled it so that you could walk on it. That's a good God. He says, I'm breaking into pieces the doors of bronze. I'm cutting through the bars of iron. Everything that would prevent you from going where I want to take you, I'm already knocking it down. I'm already preparing for you the place that I want to take you. I am the Lord. There is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you. Though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides you. The, the, Lord, the Lord was equipping us even before we knew him. There are things that you strategically went through before you ever even knew God that was preparing you to be the person that you are now. That's how good he is. So then he goes on to say, how dare we speak back as the clay to the potter and say things like, what are you making? Or your work has no handles. Let us look at ourselves and our lives and every fabric of our existence and let us not question it. Let us not complain of it. Let us not argue with the Lord about it. But let us realize that He has prepared all of this for His own glory. That He's behind me. He's with me. He's for me. He's ahead of me. There's no other God like him. Verse 24 says, Only in the Lord it shall be said of me our righteousness and strength. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear allegiance. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see how you see how powerful the word of the Lord is. When we just read it and we just speak it. These promises, we just cling to them. They come to life. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for your word. Mm. I want to end today in prayer. Jesus, you're so good. Thank you for these promises. 
Thank you that you're good to keep every one of them. Thank you for the words that I believe you specifically ministered to so many of us today. I know you did to me. I needed to hear that I was made for your glory. You weren't made for mine. I was made for yours. You're not the vending machine that I come to to get everything that I need so that I can do my own thing. Thank you, Lord, that righteousness and strength are found in you alone and that you forged us because you looked out at this world and realized there needed to be another piece that would reveal my glory. Thank you that every one of us today, everyone listening, we are a unique, each one. There'll never be another like us. We are unique and created specifically to reveal a portion of your glory to a unique people group in a unique way. Empower us, Lord, to fear not to walk boldly and confidently and to wait on you and trust in your timing and bring you glory along the way. In Jesus' name.